one thing I heard in my first week of school and it absolutely stuck with me the whole way. You never want to be the smartest person in the room Ooh. or else you're hanging around the wrong people. And I was like, oh, my, that changed that changed my perspective completely. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm cutting off dumb people. <laughs> first, first and foremost. Yeah. Second of all, if I'm not learning something new. So the thing is, is it worked hand in hand with the second piece of it is, is like, you have to be a sponge. You have to absorb everything. Some of the best leaders out there do as much listening, if not more, than talking. Yeah. Right. And I'm Welcome like, okay. to the It's Not That Deep podcast. I'm your host, Deepak Sharma. And today I sit down with my good friend, Alaman Malik. Now, Alaman's a super interesting guy because we both went to business school together and he's taken what he's learned to become an expert in all things finance and accounting and leverage that to work at some very interesting startups. Alaman shares his knowledge on networking, some practical tips on how to progress through your career, as well as taking charge of your own professional development. We get to talking about some of his most recommended books, the power of having a strong morning routine, and so much more. If you're enjoying this kind of content, please subscribe, share, rate, or consider contributing to my Patreon page to help me grow the brand. Remember, it's not that deep and enjoy. Welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast, brother. Thanks oh, for man. coming on. I'm super pumped. Thanks for having me, man. It's really nice to have you on. We have been talking about this for since the beginning. I know. Like, literally since like I thought about having a podcast mm -hmm. and we met, we talked, we were discussing the ideas. Yeah, yeah. You were one of the first guys to actually ride with the wave. You were completely on board from the beginning, man. Honored you though. Yep. 100%, man. I knew you wanted to do it. It was like conceptualization, right? And you knew how to put the equipment together, types of guests you want to have, the messaging you want to get out there. It just needed to be done. And then you just went and did it. And you've been learning so much as you've been putting it together. It's exciting. That's what it's been, man. It's been a learning process. Cheers, brother. Yeah, thanks, cheers. Th thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having uh, me. Let's give people a little bit of a background, what you're all about, our relationship. I've known you since the first day of university. Yeah. We, we met during Frosh Week. Yeah. And, and I remember, you know, those, it seems like yesterday, fun times. We've made oh, yeah. so many friends that have lasted even up to today. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, we studied business together. We had some rough times in university, but we survived. We came 100%. out on top, and uh, now you're you're leading a pretty successful career already. Yeah, let's talk about Thanks, it a man. little bit, man. You you're a controller. Yeah, I think a controller, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A controller, controller at uh, Rewind. Yeah, yeah. Talk so, to us a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Rewind is a cloud backup and restore service. Uh, for businesses that have different SaaS applications. So the company today backs up Shopify, BigCommerce, QuickBooks, MailChimp. And so you think to you think back to 2015, uh, or when, when just when Shopify has been launched, merchants are launching their businesses. They are putting together all these lists for products and uh, item categories, and and you know they have customer lists, they have orders, all this data. And if any disaster were to happen. They're going to go to Shopify first, as any merchant would, to go get that data. But then they find out they can only get a CSV of mm. that, right? Just a spreadsheet of all this raw data. Yeah. And they can't exactly use that to get their store back up and running. Mm -hmm. You know, there's Black Friday or Cyber Monday, and you're supposed to have crazy sales that period. Not going to happen when that happens, right? So Rewind makes it super easy 
for that merchant to back it up, you know, just one item, uh, the whole store, if a theme crashes the store, it goes all the way back to where you need it to be. So it's just a simple solution. You know, you set it and forget it and it's automated recovery. And it's something you can just build into these apps and, yeah. and these programs, like a widget almost, just like something that just builds right in and yeah. backs up your things yeah. on a regular basis. Exactly, yeah. It's just, you know, in the app marketplace of any of these companies. So, you know, uh, today it backs up four, uh, there's five products, but mm. we're expanding it to more and more but, but, platforms. But yeah. big products. These are yeah. very big and have a lot of impact. Like you said, with the mm -hmm. Shopify store, right. you know, people are relying on this for their business yeah. my, my website is is powered by shopify yeah not like there's a ridiculous amount of uh, business writing on it staying up but mm. if things were to go down and i was given a csv file i'd be pretty upset yeah so course. i can only imagine people processing thousands of orders and yeah and that kind of thing so it's a very valuable um uh, company that you're part of man and yeah yeah but it's not always been a, a direct easy journey no, uh, no you didn't sure. just wake up one day and work at this super cool uh tech company yeah yeah let's talk about the the journey a bit since university bro yeah for sure no that's that's a great starting point of you know how i came to where i am today so uh while i was going through university one of the things i decided early not early on but i started a business in third year uh which you know euphoria so it was in the entertainment space we were doing event production yep, yep. right definitely want uh, to talk about that yeah for sure so for the listeners out there uh my friend uh, Zach, who was also on this podcast, yeah. uh, second episode, a uh, really close friend of mine at university. He was also in accounting with me, and he called me up one week uh, very early in the year saying, you know, hey, man, uh, I have a business idea. And I really would love you to be a part of it. And I'm like, okay, um, sure, I'm listening. He's like, you know, uh, I want to, I have this idea of opening up a music festival one day, and, you know, I, I want you to help me with like finance and operations. And I'm like, whoa, 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 okay, music <laughs> festival? What do you, what, what is yeah. this, right? <laughs> like, we're going to get $3 million to, you know, get Drake on, right? And stuff. So he's like, no, 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 no. Let's start this out small. You know, I think small shows in the city. And if there's some, there's some traction there and we see an opportunity to move up, then we can go to medium-sized concerts, go into one of the parks in Ottawa, one of the stadiums. And then if that goes well, then, you know, maybe a couple of years, you could make a case to do a festival. I was like, you know what? Why not? Right. So uh, this, you know, goes into like me deciding, OK, I want to do a couple things at university. I want to make the most of it. I want to do a business. I'm going to do some work part time. I'll still go to class. But I was like, it was not worth the effort for me to try and be an A student. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to be a B student. So doing that, I, I started to go through a lot of different hoops in the entrepreneurial journey. Uh, we made a lot of money uh, at, in our in our f two years of running, uh, a lot of, like a decent amount of money. We uh, learned a lot, invaluable, absolutely invaluable. We built a team. Uh, you know, we had some big fails, we had some big wins, and uh, throughout the journey, I, as I got closer to the end of my fourth year, I was like, okay, well, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into accounting yet. I was like, I really just love business in general. You know, I love. I love marketing. I love HR. I love everything. I love analytics. Everything business. So I was like, and of I was all the people. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, no. That I went to business school with. You were one of the ones who I felt was most well-rounded and most. You probably had the most propensity to actually go far with business. I appreciate that. Of of all the people, and I actually genuinely mean that. Like you actually had an interest in the things that you were learning and taking bits and pieces of everything. It wasn't just like I'm gonna be an accountant. 
Yeah. <laughs> Studying accounting, I'm going to be an accountant. Oh, for sure. Thanks, but man. Yeah, I appreciate but, that. But yeah, continue. So you were harmonizing sure. all these different subjects. Yeah, yeah. No, it means a lot, by the way. And the thing is, is, you know, I'm not a traditional accountant. You think stereotypical, sits behind the desk, maybe introverted, doesn't like to talk to people. I love talking to people. I used to work in sales. I used to work at the bank in sales and and uh, relationships. Like, I'm a very extroverted guy. So, you know, th- taking all that in, I'm like, okay, I still want to, I like numbers. I love like looking at data, making insights, presenting about it. So, you know, there was a professional management consulting program that launched at Telfer. Right. Uh, and I was part of the first cohort when it, when it came to its genesis. And I was like, okay, you know, as we got closer and closer, I'm like, this is what I want to do. So, you know, listeners out there, I was like, okay, I'm for sure going to be a consultant. I'm for sure going to go to Accenture or, <laughs> Deloitte. or Deloitte or, you know, KPMG. Uh-huh. You know, I'm going to be a consultant. And as it got closer to the end of the year, I went to this event that uh, you, you Ottawa hosts every year, Startup Garage. Okay. So it's the program that takes a bunch of small businesses, entrepreneurs who apply for funding for a summer to be in this program. They get space to work in. They get a bunch of mentorship. Uh, so I was just going there to see who the cohort was because we had applied before you, but we didn't get in. Right. So when I went there, the keynote speaker who, who? well, it'll make sense after, but my keynote speaker, Alain Gubo, was uh, chief operating officer at FarmLead. Okay. And I'm watching him speak, and, you know, he's got a pretty impressive background. I went to Harvard Law School. He was a consultant at McKinsey, mm. you know, top three <laughs> consulting firms in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, okay. And he's a COO now. Yeah. You know, he's like, uh, my title says chief operating officer, but what do I actually do? I'm a business analyst. I'm a grant writer. I'm a payroll, you know, financial man- analyst. Like, all these different things, and I'm like, oh my god, he has yeah. his hands in everything, right? Like, yeah. it's like true entrepreneurship, getting his hands dirty and getting in there and doing stuff. So, I, I messaged him. I added him on LinkedIn. I messaged him. I'm like, hey, Alain, I loved your presentation. Uh, it was really inspiring. I think you have such an incredible background. I would love to sit down with you for coffee at your uh, near your office uh, and just ask you your questions and learn and pick your brain, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if you'll respond, but sure, you know. I thought he was a big shot, right? So. Uh, then he he messaged me back and he's just like yeah sure here's my email uh feel free to send me an invite uh we can do my office so i'm like okay cool so then a day before i was meeting him he's like by the way do you are you looking for a job by any chance like we might be hiring for something but send me a resume but if you totally just want to talk that's cool too Mm -hmm. and i had some interviews like i had like some accounting firms and uh, you know, government and different interviews uh, had lined up for full time, but I'm like, all right, whatever, sure, I'll send my resume. So yeah, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, yeah, send of it over. Just send it over, whatever. And lo and behold, he happens to be from the same hometown as me, like uh, like close by. He was living there, so I'm, yeah. you know, my, I grew up most of my time. And I was born in Montreal, but I grew up most of my life in Hawkesbury, mm-hmm. Van Cleckill area. So mm-hmm. he was like 10 minutes out of Hawkesbury. So that's the first thing he said. He's like, oh my god, I saw on your resume you're from Hawkesbury. Like what? Like <laughs> so? Okay, great. Rapport point right there. And, yeah. You know, so uh, we we met up for coffee and he was just telling me about his career path and you know he loves entrepreneurship uh, and you know he you know he, they have seriously big plans because they had just raised a round of money something we can get into later Absolutely. about how you know sort of financing works and, yeah, and yeah. startups and the different stages right so they had raised a series A so for the listeners out there uh, I'll give a quick the uh, uh, quick summary of how it works. So, yep. you know, when you go and launch a business, uh, you know, you're you as a founder. Let's see another co-founder. The two of you are probably gonna put your own money into it, right? So, that's just your own investment. Uh, as the first round of money usually raised, it's usually it's called a friends and family round. So you're gonna ask a, a couple of different people in your network 
who wouldn't mind writing a $5,000 check, maybe a couple of them. It might include angel investors, so people locally who are yeah. willing to write that kind of money yeah. uh, to finance Crowd, your Crowdfunding maybe? Would that crowdfunding work? is also a big yeah. financing. Yeah. yeah, good point. It's, yeah. it's, it's growing more and more in popularity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They'll put a business out there. They'll open it up to and, and put their whole share options agreement and everything out there, yeah. and people can just invest. Yeah. So, you know, it's almost like being a public company, but you're private. Like, you you know, it's cut off after that. So uh, it usually starts with friends and family round. Uh, and then, you know, the first round of money you take that's external uh, from real investors, right? Sometimes these angels are not real investors. They're just people who have money that okay. they can give you. Uh, so venture capitalists, usually that first round of money is called a seed round, right? And so... You know, it can be around a million. It could go. It could be less than that. It could be three million. But it's usually I typically haven't seen it being more than you know four or five million. At least you know in Canada, Toronto, and Ottawa. So, so we've you know you go from friends and family round. You've built a product. You've gone into market and proven some sort of model uh, that people want it. Uh, now you've been able to raise a seed round, so you're scaling up that model a bit. You're proving that you can drive revenue and stay get customers to stick around. And now, you know, after you've proven that, you're going to be moving into Series A. So Series A is uh, the next round where you're trying to scale the business a bit more. You're really numbers driven. And at that point, you raise a lot more money. So in Farmlet's case, they'd raise six and a half million USD. You're building out the team. You may be expanding internationally. And so uh, I talked to Alain, coming back to it, I talked to Alain, and he was telling me about all these big plans they had. We're going to penetrate the U.S. market, you know. Uh, Argentina and Brazil, South America, finally can go international. We have, you know, there's lots of demand. And let's take a step back yeah. before we go further into this and, and actually talk about what is farm lead. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, For the because, listeners out there. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, because, I mean, you obviously understand it and, and you're doing a great job explaining the seed round. But let's tell people <laughs> a little bit about farm lead itself. What, what is it? Yeah, so farm lead was an online grain marketplace, you know. In simple terms, it was a Kijiji. You could buy and sell different types of grains. So uh, you have farmers who are the sellers, and then you have buyers. They could be biofuel manufacturers. They could be uh, beer manufacturers, right? Like so lots of business to business. So it's business. Most yeah, 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 exactly. You could say, right? Mm-hmm. Farmers, you know, some farmers are just solo farmers. Right, so right, they could right. be individuals. But yeah, yeah. for the most part, it is business to business. Mm-hmm. So it's an online grain marketplace. So that's why like a lot of uh, just normal people would probably wouldn't hear too much about it. Yeah, 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 for sure. But right? it's still a very interesting company. So yeah. getting back to the finance. Yeah, yeah, of course. So so I'm having coffee with Alain. He's, you know, he's just asking me what am I interested in. And I was like, oh, you know, uh, I think I want to be a consultant. I love strategy and operations. Uh, I love numbers. I love talking to people and, and meeting new people. And, you know, I asked him, you said you were looking for, some, you were looking to place somebody in a role. Like, what is he? Just like, oh, you know, we were just thinking like a uh, uh, project by project basis, somebody just come in and be an extra hand. You know, is that something interesting? I'm just like, sure. Like, I, you know, I think you have a great background. It looks like uh, there's a lot of smart people here. Uh, you know, two of my friends are also working there that just graduated from Telfer. And so I was like, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's something I'd be interested for. And he's like, okay. So he pulls two other people from the company, the VP marketing at the time, and the special projects manager. Uh, and you know, we talk, and he's like, okay, well, you know, nice meeting you. Uh, well, you know, we'll chat. So that night, I just sent him an email, like, hey, LA, I, you know, tell me what your rate is. He's like, uh, and so I sent him an email. I was like, I, you know, I'd love the company and what you're doing with it, and yeah. and I, and I'd love to be part of the journey and learn from you. Yeah. Um, you know, here's what I think I could start at yeah you know, what do you think he's like 
cool. Come ne- coming next Wednesday. So I was like, oh wow. All right. So you <laughs> so know, this is how things work. It's not like uh, how they explained it in the yeah. textbooks. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. And that's the thing I found most of my university grade, and you can attest, you know you can attest to this is yeah a lot of a lot of it is referral driven. Right, it's, Ottawa's a small city. If somebody gives you a warm introduction, it's pretty likely you're going to get an interview. You yep. know, they're not even going to do this whole application screening process <laughs> of your resume, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So. Coming back to it, I, I, you know, I come in my first week, and this is, you know, again, I, in my mind, I'm still like, I'm going to be a consultant. I love strategy and operations. I'm, you know, the startup thing, cool, sounds good, but I was really in there, like, he's a McKinsey consultant. I'm going to learn all this from him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I come in, like, still my, with the mindset of consulting's the yeah, end game. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you know, and this is this could be anybody, like, you're a student, like, you're not sure, you haven't dipped your feet enough out there. Yeah. You know, I tried a lot of different things, but I didn't know what a growing startup might look like. And so, you know, I come in first week, he's like, okay, we need a new HR information system. You have to set it up. I'm like, oh, you know, what the heck? Okay. So I have to learn Bamboo HR, this uh, HR information system. Uh, I have to, I have to implement it across the company, communicate. I'm like, okay, whew, that's the first week. Second week, he's like, uh, I need you to do UX, UI analysis using this tool called Hotjar where it tracks website recordings, heat maps of where the most popular places are to click, all that stuff. I'm like, okay, never, again, never done this before, but all right, another project. Third You're willing week, to learn. Willing to learn, right? So I'm going through all these different things. The third week, he's like, okay, we're going to be manufacturing, we're going to be, we're going to be getting grain bags uh, sent out to our farmers so that they can do grain tests and, you know, get quality check and specs on their different weeds and corns or whatever, right? So he's like, I need you to set up a manufacturing I need you to just get an order from China. So I'm like, okay. So now I have to set up a supply chain in China, talk to a plastic bag manufacturer, go through all that. Jeez, you know, like That's the- a lot of responsibility to give a kid just coming out of you. <laughs> uni, yeah, right? You think, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So, you know, I'm, you know, they only answer at like 10 p.m. Yeah. That's morning for them. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll answer them and, you know, just to keep the communication aligned. So then, you know, the fourth week comes around. For, I'm, at, I'm at my end of my first month. He's like, hey, like, you did an accounting degree. Like, would you be able to help me with some bookkeeping? I'm just like, yeah, sure, I'd love to. And so this is kind of where it started. At I started doing like 60, 70% of my time I was doing accounting, and then I was doing other special projects as per my role on the side. So the end of the summer comes, and he's like, well, do you want to stay? And I'm like, absolutely. I've learned so much, right? Like this kind of breadth of work, all these people, you know, I was like, I was having a great time. Culture is very different in a startup, right? Like everybody's hands on. Uh, communication is easy, yeah. right? They really the lines are a lot more blurred when you see a position. It's not yeah. like you're, you're going to be doing a lot more than what your job description says you're going to Ab- be doing. Absolutely, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're pushing yourself hard. And, you know, when that time came around, I was like, all right. See a consulting, that's not a thing anymore. I just jumped in the startup. And you know, you it's really tough. Like again, you know, coming back to the original question you had, which was like, how did you get to where you are? It, it's really tough. Like it didn't come well that's challenges and hurdles, right? Like, you know, out there, like no, like people make mistakes. Like I made stupid accounting mistakes, you know. Uh you know, like messed up some revenue stuff. And these are just early on, right? Like I'm getting used to like trying to get good at QuickBooks, uh, issuing financial reports. And then, you know, he's like, okay, you know, we need investor reports for our board meetings, all these different things that require like very high level view. I'm like, whoa, okay. So, you know, a lot of responsibility thrown on, managing a lot of different things, doing some office management, all these different things that are moving. And I'm like, okay. So it caught to a point though, that uh, in, in the winter, winter of 2018, it started to get a little bit more repetitive because I had scaled up a few things, but right. the bookkeeping side, just day to day, 
became repetitive. And I was like, you know, I was in this hurt. I was in this mindset. I was like this, you know, the business was going well because they were getting a lot of volume in the marketplace, but I was getting bored in my own day-to-day job because <laughs> yeah. the, as business increased, my job, my day-to-day increased because I had to account for everything. And I'm like, okay, this is boring. So uh, at that point, a lot of people can hit that point where they're just like, okay, you know what? My job has become repetitive. They don't do anything about it. They either stay and, you know, they wake up not as excited every day. Start resenting the start place resenting. they work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, they go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, there's a lot of opportunity here still. I'm going to get in and do some, you know, I'm going to do some different stuff. So I was like, okay. I'm going to automate my job. So I begged to my boss. I was like, look, like this is taking 80% of my time. Yeah. And, and, and it shouldn't be like, it used to take like 20 per 30, 40% of my time. Right. It's going crazy and I can't get my hands in other stuff and I can't learn new things. And I'm like, please let me get an engineer to, you know, I'll write a spec for them. Uh-huh. So a specification yeah, out yeah. for them yeah. on what they can automate for me. You know, because I know our flat, I know our backend can talk to QuickBooks so we can get this going. So, uh, I've never done this before, but I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. So, uh, you know, three weeks later, uh, after conversing with the engineer, the, our backend engineer, and setting up, you know, uh, the process of like, okay, this is how I want this reported onto QuickBooks, all these different things, different tax rates, all that. You can just imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, because I'm trying to automate it, right? Everything has got to run crystal clear. And then we're doing testing. So, you know, after it gets implemented by the end of the month, like, I'm doing it five percent of the time now. My job just completely got freed up. You could, wow. repl- you could, you could let me go, and the company would be fine. You just need a little bit of oversight. So, <laughs> but that became an opportunity. I'm yeah. like, fantastic. Now I have ninety five percent time free again. Yeah. I'm gonna start doing other stuff. So you know, then I was like, okay, I'm gonna redo our sales taxes, and you know, for Canada and U.S., I had to figure the different stuff out. Okay, I'm gonna take care of our audit that's coming up because uh, the board's gonna need that. I'm going to redo our financial reporting. I'm going to consolidate. I'm going to restructure, you know, our chart of accounts. So, you know, our how people would look at our financial reports, what different sections. I'm going to try and get better analysis on it. So, all these different projects I was just thinking of and coming up with, and so it led to a point where my boss was like, "Hey, you're moving way faster than I thought," and uh, you know more accounting than I do, and I ever <laughs> will. So, I can't teach you anything anymore. Uh, you're gonna have to go out and seek. You're gonna have to go and seek out your own mentors. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you know, I'm like, I'm right. I did some research on LinkedIn. I looked at some distinguished tech CFOs and controllers in the city, and I just hit them up on LinkedIn. I was just, you know, or I, I found their email. Email Hunter, great tool. Because I'm like, okay, as a, everybody's busy, mm-hmm. a business person. So sending an email is 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 something. You know, they're likely to see it, right? So uh, my my you know my subject title. Uh, and I'm sure I've, I've like shared this like thing with you of like how I go about it. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I uh, want to learn more about your experience. Right. And, you know, that's what my subject tells, you know, uh, I met the CFO of Clipfolio, for example, and I was just like, Hey Gord, uh, I, I, my office is not that far from yours. Uh, I see you have an incredible background in finance and accounting, especially in tech. You've raised a lot of money yeah. and you've joined not too long ago there. And it you, sounds you make exciting. it, you make it a lot easier too for, uh, them to meet you yeah you come to them like you're not trying to you're not trying to make it an inconvenience for them you don't want to make a fucking like an annoying part of their day absolutely i gotta go see this guy now bingo like i gotta go down take a taxi or something yeah 
No, you're like, no, I'm coming, come to your office. Exactly. I'll come have a coffee with you in your building. Literally, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's the tip, right? Like the whole idea is you try and make it as easy for them as possible. I was like, I can I can meet you at your office, uh, and, you know, whenever's flexible. So you know, yeah. I, I always say like I'm always free because even if I'm not free, I'll I'll move a meeting or whatever. Like I'll make myself free if I can get a chance to sit with them for half right. an hour, forty five minutes. Right. Right. I schedule it in the calendar. And it's likely to happen. Like, I, no one's ever said no type of thing, right? So, luckily. And so, anyways, again, going back to this career roadmap, I then started to get this mentorship, right? And so, you know, they talk about how there's three types of role modeling, okay? And so, you know, one of them is somebody who's above you and is doing something that you want to do one day, right? Something you aspire to be. So, whether it's professionally, personally, that's the type of person you are trying to seek mentorship from. And then you have peers. So that kind of role modeling is probably somebody who's taking a parallel journey. So, you know, one of my uh, good friends, Marcus, at a company called Hopier in Ottawa, uh, he's the head of sales there. And him and I, you know, we went to school together. We love startups. We love business. And he works in sales. I work in finance. But he's a peer. Like, we talk business a lot. And we share our journeys and how we're trying to go about it. And we click very well. And so, you know, we're te- always teaching each other different things, different, you know, stuff we're reading, uh, po- and things we hear on podcasts. Can't wait to get books. into that with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. For yeah, yeah. sure. And and then there's uh, people that you mentor, right? Because yes. it has to come full circle. So, oh, I like that. Yeah, right? So there's somebody that you're aspiring to be like. There's somebody who's in running in parallel with you. And there's someone that you're passing down your teachings, right? Because that teaches you a lot too, being Absolutely. a mentor is a learning experience yeah. as well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd be surprised. So they had interviewed a bunch of uh, billionaires and asked, you know, out of, of that percentage, uh, how many of you mentored versus got versus me, uh, got mentored, mm-hmm. right? And more of them were doing mentoring yeah. than receiving mentorship. Interesting. So, you know, it goes to show, like it's, it's, it's interesting statistic because you'd think it's the other way around. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it is a very important thing uh, that you do make time to mentor others, right? Because those solidify your teachings. Things are, you know, the world is changing, right? I had mentors who were 30 years, 40 years older than me. I am teaching them a lot of different things, right? Like yeah. a partner in an accounting firm, uh, Logan Katz, he was, he was my mentor uh, during university. And, you know, he was asking me just like, you know, what, uh, what technology, because he was trying to get technology, more technology clients, you know, what kind of, what kind of businesses are interesting to you? Uh, what, you know, what are the jobs that you guys are trying to get, right? Because obviously the ones that capture our eyes are going to be formidable clients for them. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah. So again, coming back to it. So I went through all these steps and, and, you know, this is a whole nother conversation, but then I was like, okay. I feel I'm deserve a promotion. I feel I'm ready to move up because I've done all these big hyper profile projects. I've I've saved the money. I, I've saved the company money. I've been able to build up on my role on different things. I didn't just, you know, automate and then sit back and chill. Yep. I I found out different ways to get better. And so then I I you know, I was doing research and and I didn't know how to approach that conversation at the time, but I was like, hey, you know, my one year's coming up. I'd love to uh, you know, well, I was past my one year, but because uh, when I when I was a contract, uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was so a your contract. official like one year performance yeah, yeah. review is coming up. Yeah, yeah, and so I was like, I'd love to sit down with you uh, and talk about it, right? And so, you know, uh, he doesn't know this, but like I spent like two weeks working on this deck, like putting all this stuff. I'm like year over year comparison, <laughs> what I did a year ago, what I do now. You know, all these bullet points of like big project highlights, right? Like what I did. Yeah. Um, 
uh, money that I save for the company, where you know where I believe I went beyond, and you know not just me, but like uh, my own work, but like where I helped others, where I tried to be a team player, uh, values that I you know go by, right? Like I'm data driven, I'm I'm honest, like yeah, these different things, that right? Sounds like so above and beyond. <laughs> like this is what like this is like what top performer one percent type oh, people do, man. This is not your everyday fucking office worker who's just clocking in and just waiting to be gone. Yeah. You're out here preparing a deck. Give me that pension. Perform- <laughs> exactly for this for this performance review. That's amazing. Yeah. Man. No. I like no. A lot. I appreciate that, man. No. It's How'd that sure. conversation go down? Tell us about it. Yeah. So I may have told you a little bit before, yeah, but yeah. so, you know, it was like a personal pitch deck basically. And the thing is, is like, I was think I was overthinking about it and only two days before I had to present, it all came together. I'm like, what am I, what am I thinking about this so hard for? I was like, look, you know who I am. I'm very entrepreneurial inside. Like I started differently. I was, it was very anecdotal. Like I was like, you know, this is why I had first come into the company. This is what I want to do. And that kind of led into the, uh, what I did accomplishments wise. And then, you know, then I said, this is what I think my role is. So here's the thing. I'm going to give a little few tips out there, right? So when you go about negotiating and trying to get a promotion, you need to be coming in there much more informed than he should be, right? So, like, you are the driver of your own career. And so, if you're going to go in there and ask for promotion, you should know the salary. You should know the benchmarks. And, you know, one tip I'll give you is if you, if you, you know, if you, you went to Telfer and, and you worked in sales, well, you're going to talk to other people who work in sales, maybe different size of companies, smaller companies, you know, bigger companies, smaller companies, uh, other cities. But you're trying to get a benchmark like of your own network first, right? You can look online, but sometimes that's not really going to be fully the, indicative of yeah, 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 exactly, right? So you're you're going you're going to do those uh, you're going to do a couple things, but the goal is to come in there more informed because okay, let's say you 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 want to raise, you feel you deserve a promotion, you come in and you don't know the salary. You come in there, so you're getting paid 60k and you're like, you know, uh, I want 65 and then he's like, "We can do 62.5." But you, you know, you, you didn't, you know, you just say yes because you don't even know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When really other people are getting paid in that same role, 70, yeah. 75, right? So it's, they're still getting a deal. Yeah. Because they think they think that you think that you negotiated a, a raise, but really they're getting a discount on your labor. Absolutely they are, right? And so that's because, you know, you didn't know how to go out and get your market rate. One of my mentors... Uh, he told me a great line once. He's like, you know, your biggest asset in life, right? It's not even it's not even the land you own and all these different things. It's your ability to earn, your earning potential. What are people willing to pay you for your skill set, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you had nothing, right, and you just had your skills and you had to go out into the market and get a job, like what are willing pe- people willing to pay you, right? I get that, right? It's I like interesting. That. Yeah, for sure, right? And it makes you think, right? So if you think of what yourself is your as a earning star, potential. What is your earning potential, right? Ah, Super good. That makes you like kind of think think a bit more of it's course. like we we get wrapped up in these resumes and cover letters and what it's kind fancy, of ties fancy. what kind of ties should i wear to my interview yeah. that's all bullshit mm-hmm. if you actually think about if you bring it back to you what do i bring to the table absolutely right. all things equal everything else removed yo what do i bring to the table what are you my skills it. what are my assets mm-hmm. that's cool exactly right and so you know the way to think of it is is like when you're getting value, that's your stock price right there, right? Because let's say you're getting paid 60K. Mm-hmm. Now a company has literally written you an offer for 75000 That's how much you're worth. On paper, someone has offered to pay you 75000 You're not worth any less than that anymore if you sign on, right? So if you can go back to your company. You know, Some people use that as a strategy. It's like, oh, I'm getting all these offers. I want to raise. 
you know, if you haven't done much yet at this company, then, you know, it's not based on merit. You're just trying to, you know, take advantage of them, right? So, yeah. uh, it's coming back to it. So, you always want to come in more informed, right? So, you can benchmark with people you know, but the cream of the crop is when you can benchmark, uh, benchmark on multiple sources. You know, people you know, different industries, within the same industry, same size of company, uh, same size of revenue that, you're, that they're earning. You look on pay scale. Are you using like Glassdoor, like different? What are no, pay scale is decent. Pay scale? Pay scale is decent. Okay. But, you know, if you have friends that work in HR or compensation, they're also reliable sources. So I have multiple friends. Yo, bro, what's your salary? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally. I wonder like, how that conversation always oh. goes up. No, but if you're, if you're close <laughs> with people, they usually shouldn't mind. But I could see how that could be a touchy subject. For whatever reason, yeah. people are really weird about talking about their salary. I, I've never yeah. really understood that. But I think it's because people are paid different and yeah, based yeah. on you know different factors and stuff. But no, for like, sure. it's not a... It's not an easy conversation to have with everybody. No, no, you're right. Absolutely, no, you're absolutely right. And and people, some for some people, is very private. Like I, you know, I knew some people where they just wouldn't say their legit salary to their significant other because they felt like you know could change because things. Yeah, because yeah. they were making more. Yeah, yeah, you know, it could affect you know it could affect them right. And so I I, I get that, but in general, like just as friends like you know my close friends like we all share like yeah, you know yeah. what we're making with each other and it, because it's to help each other out no, right it's, it's never it's like, like comparison in a yeah, negative way yeah exactly yeah. in fact i'll tell my friends i'll be like you're getting underpaid like the yeah. work you do is way above the level that they're paying you know like they're paying you for yeah you should do something about it yeah. right and so come bring that all back in so if you you must come in it's all about preparation right so they talk about there's a good book i'm not gonna get into it never split the difference right talks about negotiation and you know it's all about preparation right like you if you're just trying to come up with all these scenarios in your head of what's going to happen that's not really ultimately going to lead you you need to write things down and you need to you know build yourself a little tra like tree a little of, decision tree yeah, yeah exactly yeah. you remember right yeah, so I remember those. so you know because there's going to take on different levels right so uh you're you're trying to come in there with a bunch of salary you're trying to come there with real facts of everything you did so if you're good at documenting the type of work you did if you can put it down on paper that's perfect because well they're not keep they're not have a track record in fact if you're going to be asking for promotion you better have a track record right yeah. like someone someone better like somebody who comes in there with all this information and is much better prepared for than their manager is ultimately going to get the leverage they're yeah. going to win right yeah so one of the other things they talk about so you know go, go in there with more information Go in there with all your tasks and accomplishments that you already had. I'm surprised by how many people miss these two things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and like, this is pretty generic, but you have to go through this exercise. Like I did the pitch that is above and beyond, but I'm like, like I put a pitch deck, but that is not required mm -hmm. if you're trying to get a promotion. Um, so, you know, you should know your next step. You should know what the next role requires. It might even help you to write down the job description just so it's solid. It's like writing notes when you're in university. Uh -huh. Write the title of the job you want. Write down the job description. Read about it, right? And then you're, you're going to know more than your boss about what this that. job, right? Yeah. So the third thing is, and and this, you know, if this isn't done, then it's not, it's not going to happen. For three months, at least for three months leading up to this, you should already be doing a little bit or if not most of what the new role is going to be, uh. right? Because then guess what? Here's the thing. While you've justified your pay, you've justified your responsibilities, the team, right, needs to not even question the fact you're getting a promotion. They got to trust that you could already do the job. Exactly, right? So with all those things, you make the decision for them so easy because now, look, 
again, you're driving your own career. You know more than them. You know what the pay is. You know the responsibilities. You have a plan, but you know potentially three months, six months down the road of you know what the role is going to look like. You're willing to take a trial period if necessary, and you've had a proven track record. You know, and the team is with you, right? Like it's not just your boss uh, because he likes you so much because you guys get along so well from talking about sports or the same beers, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. He's not favoritism. There's a track record, and he not only does he believe it, but the management team and your coworkers believe it. And so powerful stuff, man. I like yeah. those practical tips a lot. That's, yeah, yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I hope the listeners get value out of that. No, so. no, they will for sure, man. <laughs> because uh, you know what you did next was very interesting. Because mm-hmm. t- tell people how, uh, how how that unfolded, how it actually unfolded. Because yeah. I, I found it a very interesting story. Yeah, no. So funny enough, yeah. So I put this pitch deck together, and I am having this meeting with them. We have it for an hour, and he's like. He's like, wow, okay, like very well put together. You know, I was just kind of talking to him. He's just like, okay, like I'll just talk to the, he, he loved it. He, because I was overprepared in some sense, he's like, I'll just talk to the leadership team. Yep. I'll get back to you and, and we'll go from there. Right. You know, he was kind of saying, he's just like, I, I love this, you know, like it shows that you're going all in. In fact, he's like, I want to know if you're all in, uh, you know, would you be willing to take double or triple your share options, right? So, you know, a big part of working at startups, you know, it is a risk not just on the employer mm-hmm. that they could run out of business, but on the employee because yeah. you could be out of a job. Yeah. So one way they incentivize you is stock options, right? Mm-hmm. If the company blows up like a Shopify did, you're going to be making a lot of money. So uh, he's like, I want to know you're all in. And so, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, I get it. That's cool and all. But realistically, you know, you never know if a startup, like 90% of them fail. So you never know if it's going to set, get acquired or go public, right? So anyways, besides that fact, uh, he's, you know, he was saying, he's just like, I, I totally see, you know, you want to become a CFO one day. And, you know, you could be the young tech CFO in the city. You know, I, I, could, I can totally see it. And, you know, I almost felt like he was trying to push me to, to really be all in on this. And I'm like, you know, okay, cool. I get that. And I'm happy that he sees that. Mm-hmm. So... Everything is good, and you know it's it's two weeks from my one year, and this is this is a month before my one year because I just wanted to get the conversation started early, which is something that I will say for the viewers out the, listeners out there, make sure you prepare early because, you know, one year hits and you're not prepared, like you lost your opportunity. There's only a few times in your life where you get those opportunities to negotiate your next step. Yeah. So, my uh, <laughs> my friend Zach, I was talking about earlier, so he. <laughs> He, his birthday was coming up on the long weekend. And see, this is such a stupid mistake, but it was a good learning lesson. So thing is with my, like I was a one person, we were two people operations team. Yeah. So me, uh, Mark, who was the director of strategy and operations, and then Alain, our chief operating officer. So we were three on this team. And uh, mostly Mark and I, uh, as Alain was doing other stuff, you know, as a co-founder and doing other parts of business. So Mark and I were really the, the team on building up everything operations-wise internally. And so... Uh, Zach's birthday weekend is coming up and he really wanted to go out and do something big that he never did before. Uh, I didn't know what it was yet, but then, you know, three days before his birthday, uh, so three days before the long weekend, he's like, okay, I want to do Vegas. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, I'm buying tickets. Uh, I'm going to buy tickets tonight if you guys let me know. So we didn't get back because I'm like, how do I even, what? Like, you know, what do I even, I don't even do, I don't even bring this up. Like we're, we're coming on like the quarter end, uh, or I need to report a bunch of quarter end stuff. It was July, I remember. And if it doesn't get done and I mean, I just need to get it done. Right. So that Friday, 
I think it was like August 1st or something. I forget the date, but that aside, I was like, okay, uh, uh, I don't know yet, but I'll let you know. So now, now it's the day before flying literally not even like less than 12 hours. He books the flight and he, and he books it. I'm like, Oh my God, I've even told my boss nothing. So to me, I'm like, okay, again, we're a small team, like my, my own department and we, you know, like we get our work done. Like we get our work done no matter what, like, you know, we're fast with our emails and everything and, and we make sure we're aligned except this one time. So what, you know, I was like, okay, so I, you know what, I'm just going to work remotely. I'll just tell him, Hey, I'm working remotely on, uh, on Friday. Uh, and he's like, okay, cool, whatever. So, so Thursday, thir- uh, so Thursday and Friday. So Thursday we fly out, um, Thursday night we get there. Uh, Friday, like uh, exactly like I said. So Thursday, I'm working on the airplane at the airport and stuff. Uh, they don't. Nobody knows I'm in Vegas except my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, this is where it comes crashing because then Friday, I, I do my work. I get all these investor reports done. I, 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 you know, I answered if they need anything else. Like I did everything I could to be like, okay, whoosh, I can, I can go out. Yeah. Um, and then you know, obviously, I'm like taking pictures and my friends see. Uh, and I saw my coworkers on Instagram, but you know, just like weekend in Vegas, like, but I just didn't say anything. So I come back and I'm like, okay, Mark, like I, I'm meeting with Mark at the time. Alan wasn't there. Mark, uh, I didn't tell you this, but I had, there was a last minute trip booked to Vegas literally the night before Thursday. And I was working there from the weekend, but I got everything done as, as he needed. I just didn't tell you. And he's like, yeah, I was going to talk to you about that. He's like, that's okay. Um, no worries. You know what? Like, just you should tell LA. So I tell LA, and he he laughs. He's like, "You went to Vegas? What did you do?" Actually, I don't even want to know. And I'm like, "Okay, all right, whatever. This is good." Uh-huh. Uh, but I think Mark and Alan spoke later, and 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 he kind of internalized it after taking a step back how it looks, right? Mm. And so the same day, like that, I'm back. He books, you know, comes after lunch. He's like, "Hey, can I see you for a couple of minutes in the boardroom?" So I go and talk to him, and he's like, "Look." Half the world probably would have fired you for what you did. Uh, the other half would t- will be willing to take a lesson. I'm like, what the hell? What the fuck is this? Because uh, yeah. you know, this is the summer I've, I've like, you know, I automated so much of a job. I, I did oh, this. Oh yeah, whole thing. you grinded and yeah. you prepared a deck, and you're all ready to go. Yeah, Things yeah, yeah. are looking good for sure. You know, he, he's like, you, you know, he wants to know what's happening. Q1 2019. I got the plan. I have all the projects. I have all these different things. These ideas, yeah. right? Like, you know, all that is done. But this one action, it was, you know, he's like. I'm going to use this as a learning lesson. You know, if you had told me Thursday night, if you'd left me a message and said, my friend booked a last minute trip to Vegas. Uh, I don't know what to do uh, because I can't back out uh, as he paid for it, but I can get all the work done. He's would have been like, okay, I get it. You know, it was, it was out of your control in, in some sense, right? Because he didn't actually get, you know, your confirmation before booking it. Mm-hmm. So, He's like, but you didn't, you know, and to me, you know, that hurts my trust because, you know, I would expect you to tell me that. Like, I, you know, we're all human here and you could have just told me that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you're right. Like, I totally get it. And, and, and I'm sorry. And, you know, like, and he's like, you know, it's, I'm okay with it because I know how hard you work, but, you know, it, it doesn't look great to the company that the optics. you, had, the optics, exactly. Right. It's the optics. It's like, Every you know a lot of people you know, people here probably know you went to Vegas and if you get promoted it's like what does that look like on me right mm. so 
I was like, I was. Yeah, man. Ooh. I mean, from the outside looking in, people uh, might hear that and think, bro, what's the big deal? He yeah. just went to Vegas. It's not yeah, that yeah, big yeah. of a deal. No, for sure, right? Yeah. What if he took a sick day and did yeah. that or some some bullshit? But here's the thing. It's like, I don't know. You, you're such a hard worker. You're, you're grinding. You're doing all this. To me, it doesn't even seem like that big of a mistake. Mm. It's like, okay, whatever. Who really yeah. cares? But when you put it in those words like, yo, it's a trust thing. Yes. How's it going to look if we give you a fat promotion and then everyone else in the office is going to think, I can act that way and, Entitled. and get a promotion. Right? Yeah. So it, al- right. it almost creates like an issue for them. The mm-hmm. last thing they want is issues. And that what you're all about is creating less issues for the people that you work <laughs> with. So that's crazy, man. That's a great story to me. And I, that's why I'm, I'm glad... We, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's a great learning lesson, man. No, for sure, right? And, you know, it's just like, and, and so I'll give one one big advice, you know, for people who are managing and even the people who have managers, you should, ex- you really should strive to get a relationship where you and your manager have psychological safety, okay? Mm. That's really the important thing. I didn't even realize this, but like the managers that I really appreciated they were able to create an environment. Like, I, I did appreciate that, of course. I just didn't get, you know, I just didn't take that step to be upfront and be like, you know, I'm, I booked this trip, it's out of my control, right? Because yeah. I just didn't know, and I'm like, I'm just going to get my work done. Yeah. Regardless, like, if an emergency comes up, you should always bring it up to your manager. That's yep. the lesson. But psychological safety is so important with uh, your manager, right? Because that's how you can be like, you know, I, I'm not motivated by this work. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I have an off day. Or, you know, I... I want to do something more. I want to get involved here, right? Opening up takes a lot of courage with the manager. You know, we're young people and, you know, it's in our nature to try and please people when we first start a job and we want to move up in our career. We say yes to everything, right? Because that's just how it is. So when they create an environment of psychological safety, it's much easier to navigate. Right, man. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um some of the books you've read and some sure. of the, some of the knowledge that you've gained because you have a pretty big collection yeah. uh, of books that you have read and you've gained yeah. tremendous value from yeah and then i want to get into your morning routine a bit sure yeah 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 that sounds great the hard thing about hard things uh fantastic book about entrepreneurship highly recommend just paints a real uh, d- picture of what it was like for ben horowitz who uh, was working uh, in tech and had launched his own business, uh, and then he became a venture capitalist. Uh, so, from an entrepreneur turned VC, it really painted a picture of you know tough times. Like you know, his wife uh, was in the hospital uh, the day uh, when he had to go to an IPO roadshow. Like just situations most people would never talk about. And so, you know, one of the big uh, one of the cool things, like there's so many different stories in that in that book and 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 different situations. Uh, one of the things I like that he talks about, he's like the best executives out there. there there's four things that they're able to do. So uh, they are uh, great innovators. They know how to bring things to the next step. They can visualize what's going to be happening, uh, and and they know how to bring people to buy into their ideas. Uh, another one is that they are excellent communicators they're always in touch with people they are always giving people the information necessary they're always letting people know what's going on and they're going to keep people in the loop and that's important because that way everybody's aligned uh, then they're excellent people managers right and so so i was talking about 
uh, uh, one of the good lessons I got from the hard thing about hard things, right? So first one uh, for being an ex excellent executive is they're innovative. The second one is that they have great communication skills. Yep. And you know, and people management is the third one. Uh, these sound generic, but it's you know at its core, this is what he believed made a great executive. So people management is is really what you're doing more and more as you move up in your career, right? Yeah, man. You're less dealing with the actual operational day to day yeah. kind of thing. You yeah, delegate yeah. that out, and you exactly. have teams and things are being managed. Yeah. But now. You're thinking more people, strategy, yeah. long-term vision. Yeah. How can we align that with the company's vision yeah. and uh, meet our organizational goals? But, yo, <laughs> what people don't realize is, like, all this jargon, all these words, like, mm -hmm. all it's talking about at the end of the day, like, what is a company? It's a collection mm -hmm. of people. Yeah. What is an organization? What is anything? Exactly. It's just people operating it at Absolutely. the end of the day, right? Yeah. So the better understanding you have of people, like, here's, a little tangent i'm going mm -hmm. off on but like i think it's it's kind of crazy how we harp so much on ceo pay mm -hmm. or coo or like executive pay yeah in general right yeah, yeah people really like to focus on oh the ceo made this much money uh whereas like look how much the workers getting paid yeah but what they don't understand is like the value that these CEOs and 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 decision makers are actually bringing to the table very good point these people are are yeah, you, know, you might look at like a one dollar figure of how much they're making in a year, or whatever. Mm -hmm. That pales in comparison to how much value. value they're bringing their company in terms of steering a ship. Absolutely, like that means th this could mean someone who's ten percent better could mean billions of dollars of more profit, or someone ten percent worse could lose money steer yeah. a company into oblivion yeah yeah like, yeah you know it's Absolutely. so it's important like i like I, I i'd like to say that because I, th I think that it's not only just ceos obviously no right? for sure but executives right? leaders, in general yeah, yeah, the yeah. senior management team mm -hmm. and 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 stuff like that like it's, it's important for them to be compensated well and, yeah. and and emotionally intelligent and, and all that man mm -hmm. but please continue yeah i know for sure right like they definitely deserve their pay right like mm -hmm. the best ones out there 100 percent. a lot of people don't see some of the fires that they're putting out behind <laughs> the scenes right so uh, you know again like they sound generic but you know you when you look into deeper examples that's really the core they do like uh, i was saying communicating right like i remember something like okay just think about like they're very good at writing emails they're very good at uh putting together the reports they're very good at speaking with people right uh people management side is really their team like they know how to structure a team they know how to put together a machine of to get things done right because they're not the one writing the blog post they're not the one paying this bill they're not the one putting the code in they're the ones putting all the people in place to make that work happen and then keep it running lean put in fill in the gaps right and the fourth one is that the results driven right mm. and so at the end of the day if you're innovative you have great communication skills you're very good at managing people if you can't drive results at the end of the day, every company runs on corporate objectives, then you're you're missing a huge piece of being an executive, right? Like you're not you're not you know, while you don't while great executives don't take the credit for those results, their team makes them look good, and mm -hmm. in fact they're the ones that are uh, saying all these good things about their team, right? Yeah. So so that's you know that's one of the things. One of the other cool things in that book they talked about, and you know I don't know how far companies will go to try this out but the, it's called the freaky friday management technique okay. so this one time in his company his vp of sales and his vp of engineering uh like there was just a period where they, they just did not get along and they were always blaming each other pointing figures and he decided they don't have an idea of what each other does they don't have an idea of what it's like and so hence the name freaky friday 
for one week, he made them switch roles. No context. On Monday, from Monday to Friday, you're the VP sales. And from Monday to Friday, you're the VP engineering. <laughs> Completely switched lives. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they're like opposites. Completely opposite, right? Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. not even talking to customers, the, you know, and he's, <laughs> he's talking with developers. He doesn't understand the code. He doesn't yeah. understand, you know, he's he's literally having to ask, because he has to rely on being able to ask the right questions, figure things out quickly. Wait, what's our priorities? Like, you know, let's have a team meeting quickly. You know, oh, but code needs to be pushed out. We need to deploy. So everybody needs to be focused. And yeah. the VP sales, you know, who uh, the VP engineering, who was the VP sales for the week, had no customer empathy. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't really understanding from a customer standpoint what they were facing. So, you know, these arguments that they're having is based on what we should build next, you know, why this should be a priority, this shouldn't be a priority. And they just couldn't align because they just didn't understand each other's world, right? Yeah. So then, you know, after the week, like, they were really tired and they, you know, they really wanted to get back to their old jobs, but they had much more empathy. They could come together. They could align for the work. Well, they put each, uh, each other in each other's shoes. Yeah. Like, now yeah. you can like, it's literal. Like I can mm -hmm. see now. Okay. Okay. I get it. You got these targets. Yeah. You can't meet these targets unless we deliver this and this time. And, then, Boom. Uh, you know, yeah. Okay, we could probably do a better job of dealing with these bugs, or yeah. we could do a better job of communicating it to you that this is the lead talent. Yeah, exactly. yeah th this stuff's interesting, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? It's just like you know, it, it's a cool thing, and but you might, you know, again, companies might not think of doing that, right? Like, can you afford to do that for a week? I don't know. But it's like you know, if you afford it, if 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 you do that for a week and you get like uh, you get your ultimate return back for the weeks to come afterwards because they work. Yeah, man. That's One, a, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh no, I was, I was just gonna say. Uh, yeah, no, and the one more thing out of the book that I that I will mention um, that I really liked was the difference between a wartime CEO and a peacetime CEO. Uh. So when things are going very well, uh, you know you're 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 on track for growth, and you're just trying to hire great people, you know, build culture, align people, get the product out, all these different things. When the business is going good, it's a peacetime CEO. Wartime CEOs, right? This is different. This is a different ball game, right? Yeah. Companies starting to crash, and they went to a point where they almost ran out of cash. And I love this part of the story where, you know, he had to turn from peacetime CEO to wartime CEO because when things were going good, you know, things were going good, and everybody's coming in, whatever. And wartime CEO, they're almost out of cash. They can't even raise money without having the next version of their product out. He had to go in front of the company and be like, and this is cool because. Uh, you know, I, 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 he said people who lie to their businesses are losers, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, because there's nightmare stories out there of startups, you know, where employees thought the company had money and then two weeks later they're out of a job, right? Like there's just stories like that where there weren't transparent leadership. So mm -hmm. he was talking about how uh, this pivotal point in the company, he had gathered everyone together and he's like, hey, everyone, uh, I want you to know the state of our business. You know, we... We're expecting to run out of cash in a couple of months, um, you know, and we can't get money unless we get this new product out. I want you to go home and tell your spouses that you're going to have to work a little bit longer every night. Tell your kids. Um, and, you know, if we get this done, we can get uh, a lot more money. We can put ourselves in a place where we're you know, we have even more financial freedom. Um, and turn this something big. And he was transparent. He was transparent, and they worked very hard. And they, of course, the company achieved its goals after that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's cool because, you know, I'm not getting into the nitty-gritty, but they very well lay out, like, if you are a leader, you know, of, of, a, of a company or a team where everything is great and just cruising, you know, this is typically 
how to navigate that. And when everything is going to shit, this is how you navigate that. That's that has very like a lot of parallels to real life too, yeah. man. Because there's so many situations in life where um, you know things are going all fine, and and you know you can navigate, you can make things work mm-hmm. when things are going fine. But if things go to shit, you you meet people who can't handle that and manage crisis exactly Man- right. Manage any kind of adversity, yeah. anything. Yeah, everything is oh woe is me. Like this, is the worst thing happening. It's it. There's a lot of parallels mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it's people. Exactly. So understanding people probably one of the most valuable skills man absolutely Th- that's a great book man thank you for sharing that yeah yeah and, you know i know you have a massive arsenal and <laughs> uh, I-, I wanted to switch gears a little bit but yeah still, for sure. still kind of on the same theme because mm-hmm. um you also talk about um a-, a point in your life i mean with your new job where i mean your your new place where you're working where you had woken up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. every day, (laughs) get a workout done, read a book, get your mind right, Mm -hmm. then go to work, crush it. Yeah, yeah. That is fucking powerful (laughs) to me. And I want to talk about that because I think a lot of people want to do something like that. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people talk about, oh, yeah, I'd love to work out in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. Yeah. Would love to do it. Yeah, yeah. And practice it a little bit harder. Talk to us about that period. How how do you navigate that? How do you do that? And what are the effects it had on you? For sure. I'm going to say being underestimated is one of the best things that could happen to someone. It will drive them to push. It will drive them to go harder than they ever have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to give the context of like how I came to this point was uh, – my parents bought a house in Ottawa, and I, I said, you know, I'll move him back with them and help around the house. And uh, this is the period where, you know, coming off what I was talking about earlier, I pushed my promotion, and, you know, they said, we're going to put you in a three-month trial, right? So I was, like, livid. I was, like, oh, like, I deserve this and whatever. But I'm, like, you know what? Three months. Like, that's fair. So I'm, like, I'm going to work harder than I ever have these three months. Like, I'm pushing myself to the absolute limit. So because, I, you know, I was, like, part of me was like are they underestimating me and then the other thing was like i know i you know if they thought what i could do you know these past few months was good wait till <laughs> what i bring now so uh yeah so why i started getting up uh, my my i was doing it with a friend this is much easier because you keep you keep each other accountable mm-hmm. so he had to go into work for 7 a.m uh, you know i didn't have, i didn't have to go into work until between you know between anytime between 8 30 and 9 30 it's pretty flexible at a startup but i was like oh, you know what all right i'll join you screw this because i hate the traffic that <laughs> from orleans already <laughs> a weekend yeah. so couldn't bear it so uh get up 4 45 4 30 4 45 grab my stuff immediately head to the gym uh and this means you packed your uh, stuff up the night before yeah 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 everything's ready to go i just get up i'm like already in an outfit that i can i can just go uh to the gym with and then i'm out so i get there uh, i work out for about an hour we were doing separate things right Mm -hmm. like uh we're just going about it uh i hang out with him at the hot tub we go to the steam room or the sauna uh and and the thing is is like he's a good friend of mine and we would just pump each other up for the day like you don't realize it until after but uh we're sharing things where we've learned constantly like you know he's telling me about uh an entrepreneurial project he was working on i was telling him about a book i was reading so really in our own heads we're bringing that more and more into reality and mm-hmm. applying it because we're having to tell each other right That's and so, so powerful man yeah. a lot of people don't have friends that are gonna fucking drag you 4 45 in the morning yeah. to the gym yeah 
start sharing things and positivity and start your day on the right note man that's yeah. powerful it is it is it was a great tool because i couldn't let him down he couldn't let me down and like you know i'd be like it'd be like 4 45 my alarm went off and i'm like okay i'm going back 4 55 he texts me he's just like on my way i'm like oh okay i'm getting up i'm like i'll be a little late but i'm up, i'm on my way yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what i mean so it, it it helps it works right one of my friends he's doing a, a you know, quickly he's doing a a bet if he doesn't work out three times a week and he has to record it uh, then he used to give the other person fifty dollars. Nice, and then that's just like talk again, about accountability. Accountability, <laughs> right? If yeah. that's not going to make you work out, you know, I don't know what is, right? Yeah, so you're going to be out of money, right? So, uh, so I go to the gym, and the thing is, is I didn't. Again, I only realized this after, but you know, I was just trying to keep in shape and just trying to start the day off, you know, with some exercise and well, get that out of the day. And you, you've definitely been influenced by some of the things you've read and some of yeah. the people that you've learned from. And this, I, I know you like to study successful people and uh, some of their habits and stuff. And yeah. a, a very common parallel is that a lot of them work out first thing in the morning. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. And I, it's because, you know, it, it clears your head, right? Like your, your body is fully awake. It's stimulated. And so the thing I don't is... I about fully awake, bro. <laughs> 5 a.m., I'm pretty... Fucking yeah, I know, I know. But <laughs> after you know exercise, yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after yeah, You yeah. push yourself easily. Yeah, no, no, 100%. Yeah. There's some days I was just like, screw this. Right? Why do I ever sign up for this? Of course. No, but that's awesome, man. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is like, you know, we... Uh, between starting at the gym and then doing our whole routine, I'm out by 6.45, 7 a.m., okay? Because he's off to work now. So 7 a.m., and now I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to just read a book. So that, at that point, like, I would do an hour reading in the morning and just take my own time because I knew I had a decent amount of time in the morning. So what that did for me is I was mentally stimulated. I was there because I've been reading about this thing. I'm super in the zone. It's very quiet. Yeah. Um, I'm, like, writing notes if I need to. Um, and I always have these takeaways uh, afterwards because I'm, you know, I finished. I by that amount of time, you finished at least a chapter or two, right? It's a decent yeah. amount of time. So, you know, like some people, it's like I like to do 15 minutes of reading, but I get too into it to want to stop at that point. So, uh, 8 o'clock, 8:15, I like, you know, I'm like, okay, well, okay, I got all my stuff. You know, I, I read a lot. I, you know, I, I'm my size for the reading. Then I head over to work like 8:15, 8:30. So I did that. I did that four or five tam- times a week. And the thing is, when I went to work, so here's the thing. I felt like I was doing 12, 13 hour, uh, hours of work in eight, nine hours. Like, I was just absolutely crushing it. I go in super focused because I'm, like, physically awake. I've already read. And, I, you know, I have no, like, I'm not groggy or anything. Like, I'm just there and just boom, 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 like, getting stuff done. And it was, like, week after week getting things done. So my manager and I, uh, so Alain had been focusing on this stuff, so... Mark had formerly become my manager at the time at Farm Lead. He was my director of strategy and operations. And uh, we set up this tool called 15 and 5. So it's pretty cool. Uh, and I'll tell you about it. So 15 and 5, it's a, it's a feedback management tool uh, between an employee and, uh, and a manager to have effective one-on-one. So you spend 15 minutes uh, answering five questions uh, or, you know, 15 minutes uh, reading it and then five, 15 minutes writing and then five minutes explaining it. So there's different ways to interpret it. If anybody out there looks it up, like you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. So the ones I, the ones that we stuck to, and here's the thing I didn't realize, but afterwards it became like an archive of wisdom and knowledge because you're answering these. So every single week on Friday, 3.30, we would sit down together and we would answer these five questions. So we'd write our accomplishments for the week, straight bullets, like what worked, what didn't, you know, what, what, are you, what did you get done, what's, what, what are you proud of, uh, priorities for next week. So we always knew what we did in the week, we always knew what we were doing next week, 
challenges and roadblocks that uh, the other person can help me with. So, you know, oh, I need approval on this or whatever, right? And then the next one was uh, area, uh, opportunities, lessons learned. Yeah. Uh, uh, opportunities for improvement. It, it's a subsection, uh, like different things. So lessons learned, opportunities for improvement, and questions to solve. And so, you know, I in my lessons learned, I was writing like all these, like I was reading these books. I'd, I'd write quotes down. I would write different articles I was reading. So I was just documenting a lot of my learning and, you know, just naturally because I wanted to talk to him about it. And then areas for improvement, just, you know, that was like I had to sit back personally reflect. I'm like, you know, my time management wasn't good this week. You know, I, 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 I get so in the day-to-day, I forget about what the big picture is. Mm. I, I forget if this is actually helping contribute to our corporate objectives. You know, I... I, I could have communicated this better, uh, you know. So you just have to really be introspective. It's uh, a lot of self awareness required to yeah, do that. Uh, quick uh, sub question: Yeah, uh, do you write these takeaways, these notes, on a physical paper on your phone? Uh, point, yeah. H- how do you go about it? Yeah, yeah. So, so what I did was uh, we set up a, a rolling document. So what I mean uh, by that is, is we just put the template uh, at the at the to- at the first page yep. and then we just copy and paste it That's and then great. refill it out so, so in fact like i have i have almost a year's worth of this and, now. and that was the next thing that i was going to say is yeah. now not only are you getting a lot from having to think like this mm-hmm. and, and communicate this mm-hmm. but now you have ammo for your performance review yeah you if you forget what you did you literally can go back and yeah. be like this is what i did exactly and i have some i had something similar with a uh, manager mm-hmm. of mine and where we would meet every friday and yeah. do a bilateral meeting it was a little less structured than yeah, that yeah. it was just more like going through the priorities and shifting things around and yeah, yeah. what do you need help with it was a lot less uh, formal than that but it's such a powerful tool because you start to see you start to go back and you see every week by week improvement mm-hmm. and crossing things off and getting things done and right. oh this one has been nagging at me for a while yeah uh, yeah 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 that's a powerful tool man yeah for I sure i think a lot of people can get a lot from that in their career because it ties back to what you said is you're in the driver's seat of your own career mm-hmm. you, you need to it. take charge yourself of what's going on and yes you have mentors yes you have people along the way who are going to help you out but if you had told a manager or something don't want to do this not interested mm-hmm Think of how worse off you'd be. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And it doesn't take that much time. It takes a lot of mental energy because you actually have to think. Mm -hmm. And you actually have to do an audit of what you've done, what you could do better. Of course. And and how you could be better. But it also leaks into your personal life. How can I be better with my family? How can I be better with my relationships, my friends? Mm -hmm. These kinds of things that are going on like that Mm -hmm. require your attention and energy. Yeah. No, it's crazy to go back and take a little bit of an audit. I like that a lot, man. Of course, man. No, and you know what they say is some of these... So Bill Gates goes on thinking vacations Mm. where he'll just unplug and and reflect on all the things he did. He'll try and read and stuff. And, And just, you know, a lot of the... Again, like a lot of the books that I've read, some of these bigger executives, some of them, like, they'll have it scheduled. Like Sunday after dinner with their family, 7 to 9 p.m., they're in a room and they will not take a call, text message, anything from anyone unless Love it's that. their spouse. And they will literally just write down either on their computer, on a, on a blank sheet, uh, you know, just 
again, this type of format where they just purely go self, you know, they, they, you know, I call it the artist writing where they just free flow write yeah. about all these different thoughts that are going in their head and kind of criticize themselves, but then also reassure themselves where they're doing good and then encourage themselves what they're, you know, what they, what they should be working on stuff. Right. I love that. And just think about it. Like, again, like how often you get better at being introspective as you get older by maturity, but how often are you doing that? Like you get, we all, we're all so busy between family, friends, work, uh, you know, our side hustles, whatever. Right. So, you know, for me, sometimes it's because I have 20 minutes in the steam room in the morning that I can actually just think and be like, what am I doing? Yep. Oh yeah. Nothing's are good. Midweek. That's meditation. By Medita- the way. Yeah, that's true. That is meditation. Uh, yeah. yeah. In uh, some no, way. <laughs> I mean, no, no, don't apologize because a lot of people don't realize that, that meditation, you don't have to be sitting cross-legged uh, yep. and, and chanting Om or something <laughs> like that. You, literally yeah. meditation can just be being hyper aware of, um, your thoughts and surroundings and, and, and yeah. everything that's going on in your brain mm-hmm. as it happens, mm-hmm. almost taking a step out of your body yeah. and realizing like what's going on, how you feel about certain yeah. things and, uh, how, how external things are affecting your current mind state, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I find that very interesting, man. Even 20 minutes in the sauna, even mm. like that little time, mm-hmm. that's meditation. Man. Yeah, yeah. You've been doing it, right? I've been yeah. I've been trying to do as much as I can yeah. of, of the sauna. I mm-hmm. try to do it like two, three times a week. Yeah. It's kind of like a reset for me. Yeah, of course. Um, But I've been meditating. I mm-hmm. have been. I do that like not as much as I'd like to, maybe yeah, yeah. once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. I use this app. Uh, Sam Harris. I don't know if you, you're familiar with Sam Harris. Yeah, a, yeah. A neuroscientist. Uh, he's a he, very popular guy and on, on many podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he has his own app called Waking Up. It's okay. so cheesy, the name that. of that. But uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. much it's a, it literally like he tells you what to do mm-hmm. in the app. Because mm-hmm. me, I've, I've never been good at just sitting still and doing nothing. Because right. meditation is like the art of doing nothing. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. Slowing your mind down to the point where a thought will come in you'll Mm -hmm. recognize that thought but you're not going to let that thought dictate how you feel about certain something yeah you're aware of it but you're you're not letting it control you exactly that kind of thing so exactly it gets pretty deep and Mm -hmm. uh you know it's not that deep yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) had to do it had to do it (laughs) but uh but no it's really important to you know even if let's take the word meditation out of it for Mm -hmm. a second and just being self-aware, yeah, be, being able to be calm and be alone with yourself and mm-hmm. just think. Yeah. Stare at a wall and just fucking think. Yeah, I yeah. I think it's important. I think it's something that's missing. Oh, I think a lot of people could benefit from it, but there's so many things mm-hmm. fighting for our attention yep. at all times, yes. whether it's our phones, whether it's a television, iPad, your laundry machine, everything. Mm-hmm. Everything needs you to be there right now and mm-hmm. deal with it. But yo, man. As much, as much as like all this technology, all these advancements is very amazing. Sometimes you got to unplug and just chill and yeah. just see how you feel. You get it. Do you Check ever, with yourself. do you ever just go, have you go, just gone for walks? I do yeah. it almost every night. Yeah. Yes. Almost, yes. Okay. Almost every night I go around this neighborhood you, and just, just walk. Nothing. And you just go, right? I, I, I'm, I'll be lying if I said nothing. Uh, I listen to podcasts. That's okay, my okay. podcast yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. Cause I don't have the time to listen to podcasts mm-hmm. anymore. Cause right. Cause I'm, you make one. <laughs> I'm making one. Uh, but that's when I would go around and, mm-hmm. um, uh, listen to podcasts and uh, remember that one you uh, I was telling you about Farnham Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. That's a big one for mm-hmm. me because I get to learn about mental models. I get mm-hmm. to learn about like different, um, you know, different from different like tech 
investors, people yeah. in software, people in parenting, communication, all kinds of different fields. I find it super interesting. Yeah, it's fantastic. That one, I, I used to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast a lot. I just don't have time <laughs> anymore to listen to them. There's just too many. Oh, come on. You don't have 10 hours in a day to listen to three oh, episodes? Man, <laughs> you know, I try. I try. You know, maybe if I just booked like a month off and just only listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe podcast. Rogan vacation. But I want to bring it back to your morning routine yeah, a little yeah. bit because um, like just finishing that up because i find mm -hmm. it very interesting that um you were able to do that for so long you might not go as extreme as as you did at that time yeah but you still have a very interesting morning routine and mm -hmm. i learned something in a podcast with jay shetty i don't know if you're familiar no with him he's that uh, uh brown dude with like the super green eyes okay. he's on like gary v video oh, sometimes yeah. and stuff. Okay, super out. interesting guy yeah. i think he was like once a monk uh, like he went from having like a lot of money going to be a monk and then mm -hmm. forget this like i'm just gonna go teach people how to right, right, be right. happy and enlightened that kind of anyways he has his podcast and he was talking about uh how you can actually have a successful uh habit in the morning and and build better habits for the morning and one of the most powerful things he said and, and you implemented this in your life is waking up two to three hours before your first obligation uh, in the morning wow yeah so everyone i know and mm -hmm. i'm this way mm -hmm. if i got work at you know 8 a.m i'm gonna wake up the latest i possibly can <laughs> to get there for 8 15 <laughs> you know yeah. so like a lot of people i know operate with this Medallion. you know like i'm gonna be up I'm going to be up for a certain amount of time at night every day yeah, yeah. doing God knows what on my phone, watching TV, you know, Killed just me. dumb shit going out, whatever. Um, but guilty been there, but yeah, you but, too. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wake up yeah, at yeah. 5 a.m. to no. go work out. Yeah. <laughs> well, madness. <laughs> but that ties into what you've done and i want to talk about some of the sacrifices you've had to make to right. be able to do that right so what's your evening look like then yeah yeah good point because me i'm tired at mm -hmm. like 10 p.m and mm -hmm. i start work at like seven yeah but i'm dead by like 10 p.m yeah 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 you woke up at 5 a.m yeah. What were your evenings like? Yeah, what do no, you have to sacrifice? What do you have to cut out? It's true. No, no. Uh, I, I'm going to say one thing. If this will help you or the listeners out there in terms of waking up in the morning. My friend told me this, actually. Uh, how you start your morning says uh, is indicative of how your day is going to go. So if you snooze your alarm, well, then you're being lazy with your day. It's probably going to be uh. a lazier day. And that changed me. I was like, I wake up and I think that I'm like, no, I'm conquering the day. Screw it! I'm getting up. So Just get up. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Be up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, a lot of successful like uh, people say that, like and Navy SEALs. Yeah, and yeah. People who are like hardcore as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Just get up. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. Right. And and, <laughs> and I'm gonna talk about me eating, but like the the whole thing is, is like you know, there's so much motivation, inspirational stuff. I'm I'm more of a practical guy, and you are too. Yeah. So you know, if you're if you're just listening to it, but you're not putting it in practice, or you're giving yourself principles to run off of. And what is it for? You're not getting as better, right? So uh, coming to my evening routine. So, you know, I'd, I'd work from like 8.15. I'd probably get out of the office by 5.30 or 6. Uh, I, I go home because I already finished. You know, I, I didn't work out or anything. I, like I already worked out in the morning, so I go home. And believe it or not, I do more work. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I what do I have tomorrow? Like, what do I have meetings? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prep for my meetings, right? Like a little tip out there. 
you should never run a meeting or go into a meeting with someone without an agenda, even if it's for yourself. Like mm-hmm. you should just always go in there prepared and 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 have talking points, right? And guess what? If it's a half an hour meeting but it takes five minutes, I had one today. I'm like, okay, we're done. That's it. You save both each other's time. So I love that, yeah, man. Run efficiently, right? So you have to make that time. So, you know, my evenings was literally spent okay, what meetings do I have tomorrow? I make a gen- I can make like notes for each one quickly. Um, You're a beast, man. This guy's working when he's not working. <laughs> but you know, but the thing is is also you do need an outlet. I'm gonna say like so I had that, but like, you know, I, I like one of the movies, so I would always message you know, Jeremy, my buddy Jeremy, and be like, Yo, you wanna watch a movie Tuesday night? Like we just always go. Um I was finding time you to try. You cheap bastard. Yeah. <laughs> well, for him, you know, he's still, he's still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too, me yeah, too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you only got me too. <laughs> Tuesday's the night to go. I'm like, I'm saying, so I some seed points left. <laughs> Almost done. I'm dead. I love Redeeming that. Them. Yeah, I know. So evenings, you know, I, it was, it was trying to prepare for the next day, but I would also, I, I'm an extroverted guy, like a very extroverted. I need to be with people. So you need to be, here's the thing. You want to be hanging around people that you believe will be able to get you where you want to go in five years. They bring out the best in you. Right? They bring out the best in you. They bring you up, right? And so personally and professionally, right? Like I read this, you know, one of the, one of the like, you know, I forget which executive, but he was like, oh, one of my mentors was just a guy who was just a very good husband to his wife. And he was a very good family man. And, and you know, he was like, a, he had a respectable career, but he looked at him as like, wow, like you're so good at managing everything at home kind of thing so you know it could be across all things that bring the best out of you it doesn't have to be some billionaire yeah to to anyone listening like a mentor yeah can can be anyone who you you look up to and a lot of the time exactly a mentor will seek you out right yeah yeah exactly no you actually bring up a great point like that's you know just quickly aside yeah like you know a lot of my mentor relationships and yours as well right like the the ones that mentored us yeah they got value out of it. They wanted to mentor, continue mentoring us. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Because not only did they become, did they learn from us as well because it's a mm-hmm. two-way street. Yeah. It's two-way relationship. Mm-hmm. But they become better leaders. Yes, of course, right? Coaching, Win-win. right? So my evenings were typically looking at that, but, so I, I, but I needed to be around people. And I, the thing is, is like when I was going through this grind phase, you know, leading up to my promotion, I... I I always made sure I was just you know consistently around like people I wanted to be around smart people close friends, um, and refueling myself so I'd make sure I'm ready for the next day always. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll do some reading if I need to, but I'm I was just spending my evenings with people. But the like best I said, yeah. is you got your gym done. Already. Yeah. It, it opened <laughs> not, up the evening. It's exactly. not a nagging thing that. No, like, for I sure. Go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. No, for sure. Sorry, continue. What yeah. You were saying. No, I was just gonna say, but the big thing was you know they say. Like, you know, it's not about how long you work. Like, guys working at 10 hours in the office, but it's about how much you get done in that period. So that's yeah. the thing. Even though I was, sure, I came in at 8.15, you know, whatever, uh, and maybe I left by 5.36, but I was crushing, like, 12 hours, 13 hours worth of work. And I knew it because I was giving myself estimates of, like, how long it took to get done. Mm. Um, sometimes I didn't, but when I did, I was like, okay, holy crap, I'm done a bunch of stuff. I'll start tomorrow's task. But Be- Being yeah. busy versus being productive. Yeah. What's uh, your <laughs> What's your favorite uh, productivity tool? Uh, my favorite productivity tool? And Do you use OneNote? Do you use Evernote? Are, yeah. are you using notes on your iPhone? Yeah, or yeah. Are, are you writing on paper? Yeah. Uh, I know you kind of already touched on it uh, with, yeah. with that document, mm-hmm. but in general, yeah, for sure. what's keeping you track? I, and I know one of them is yeah. a calendar. Yeah, yeah, of course. But- <laughs> Literally, this podcast is on my calendar. That's the thing. I live by my calendar. If I'm going to see someone for even 20 minutes, I'll put it in my calendar. Yeah. But for sure. But yeah, no, two things. So, you know, this is an interesting point. Writing... 
with your hand and typing out uses different parts of your brain. So a lot of times, like if I need to really expand on my creativity and need a blank canvas, I'm gonna write and I'm gonna free flow my writing, whatever. And then other times I'm writing notes because I need a very structured and you know uh, able to uh, be and a lot more in the content. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly right. So you know, productivity wise, like yeah, like my 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 notes. I've started using Evernote because another tip out there for folks uh, listening, uh, Evernote's free and you know. Uh, it goes a step above notes because you can cl- you can tag stuff, right? So, for example, now I'm on the web. I read this cool thing from an article. I'm going to be like, okay, uh, articles. And then I can put a subtag, like finance, whatever, business, right? Business, yeah. yeah cool. I see a cool advertisement billboard. I mean, I'm not in marketing, but I like I just like keeping track of stuff, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'll be like, okay, uh, you know, classify uh, tag that as ad. If I listen to something on a podcast, I'll be like, and, and I want to record a podcast quote, right? So I do these specific tags now because at the end of the day, like when you're trying to find inspiration, uh, when you're stuck, right? Like there's different things you can do. Go, go out, go, you know, if you have books, you know, maybe look at for reference, go into your notes, to go for a walk, yeah. right? Talk with someone. Like when you're trying, when you're having writer's block, you know, writer's block doesn't just apply to writers, but just in general, when you're stuck somewhere, you need different things that you can go into. Yeah. So they they call this a swipe file. Okay. Right. This this like so, because you just put everything in there and you uh, all your notes and you centralize it right and you and can then you categorize it. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So I do that to formally keep uh, documentation of everything I'm learning. Like again, like things I'm learning in books. Like I write everything down because then what is that, how are you gonna remember how, what is this all for right? Yeah. So but then other things like if I'm trying to model out something or if I if I I find this really good if I really need to think back and 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 be high level and and try and uh, rationalize what I'm about to do or I need to put a process down together writing it by hand just helps me because you know again like think about just you on your to do list and and you know what I mean like you, you could do to do list uh, on on a notes file or you could do it in paper on but the back of a pe- napkin yeah, yeah back of a napkin but anyway, <laughs> it's just mentally right like you know it's a generic tip but mentally out there you're 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 pushing yourself to keep crossing it off your list, right? Well, that's yeah. if you go back to it. Yeah, if you go a, back to a it. A big problem with me is, and I, I'm a big proponent of writing mm-hmm. and going down on paper, mm-hmm. is I have, I have like seven notebooks going. Okay. And uh-huh. like one of them, I'll write a to-do list in, and then I'll, I'll do the other uh, one, I'm writing some ideas, and then yeah. I, I'll cross off a couple of things on the to-do list, and the other things, I just get, I get them done. Because yeah. you know me, I just get shit done. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> but, yeah, you do. But uh, I won't go back and I cross the things off that list. I uh-huh. might see it six months from now, like, yeah. huh, yeah, I guess I got all those things done. Yeah, yeah. But no, it, it's very powerful. You know what? I will say, so I, uh, in my notebook, I don't put to-dos at all. Okay. Um, because the thing is, is I look at that as an archive. I look at that as documentation of things I've learned, things I've tried to model out, okay. ideas I've had. Bec- and so I, 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 I go through it. Like the thing is, as soon as you use it for a to-do list or something like that, you've taken the integrity out of it being it's, yeah. something you'd stick in. in I want to put it in my bookshelf. I have two like journals right now that I've completed nice. that are almost like it gets written formally in some sense. It's all dated. It all has titles. Yeah. You know, even it's just like ideas I had for a business and I'll just kind of like really lay it out like that because I treat it like that. You know, I'm not writing it on, on a document, but I'm like, while I have my book out and my journal, I'm just doing it. Um, and the thing is, is I, fa- I, so I never put the to-do list because I'd rather, I could use printer paper, like you said, napkin to, for my to-do list, whatever, <laughs> yeah. done, 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 yeah. done. Okay. But, if you treat your journal like a formal document like that, and that you come back to, that you keep scribing things on, 
and that you want to again my motivation was like i want to have this on my shelf because i want to come back and see how i was thinking and i've have, i've gone back i'm like holy crap this is how i used to think of organizational design this is how i used to think of you know pricing this is how i used to think of different even personal stuff this is how i used to think of like a, a good routine i was yeah. listening to tim ferris this time where i was listening to Love tim ferris. Yeah, yeah tim ferris is great and, you know like i was just doing can't you know, wait to have him on the podcast yeah man soon <laughs> eh? yeah. one day I'll put, put out the patreon dollars <laughs> Get but yeah no so so the thing is is like you it's great because again we talk about this 15 and 5 tool this document that you can go back to but you know writing is going to last you like your whole life and yeah. and and you know i i just realized after like listening to different people and doing it myself in practice like i really want to be able to go because you never know you might have a golden idea yeah and you're like i can't remember uh-huh. i you know like i, I whiteboarded something yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i mean and but i can't remember and and you know like luckily for me i've been able to put those things in my notebook but yeah so that's that's how i go about it so if, i love that yeah. man great answer great answer fantastic method of dealing with that <laughs> um bro we're already over an hour and 20 minutes if you can holy believe it holy crap no yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've gotten into it i love wow. it. wow um this flew by we will have to wrap it up soon yeah but i know okay. you and me we could talk for hours we could, yeah. we could talk for hours about course, this man. stuff um i want to talk a little bit last point kind of really um Going from farm lead now to your current role. Yeah. Talk to us about how that kind of came about. Yeah. How you're enjoying your position mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And finally, like a sub question, where what's your future? Right. What do you think? Because I know you think about this yeah, stuff. Yeah. What do you think the next year, five yeah. years looks like? Wow, that's that's a fantastic way to bring it back full circle. Let's I gotta do give it. it to you. So um Going from Farmley to Rewind, I didn't, and uh, I didn't even get to talk about it as much as uh, I thought, but, uh, you know, Farmlead had gone through an unfortunate situation where they only had a few months of runway left, runway meaning cash to operate, and they were pivoting to a new strategy. So, you know, when you have investors, you're under, you know, a level of scrutiny in their eyes to get things done that you promise, right? And so for them, they didn't hit the targets that they wanted. They wanted to uh, get more money from the investors to put into somewhere else. And the investors came back and said, okay, well, if you're building a completely new product, you don't need a sales team. You don't need a marketing team. You don't need over half your team. And so uh, there were layoffs. Uh, I didn't get laid off. I was I was helping my boss execute it when I found out because uh, he was going to put everything together post layoffs and i had to make sure everything was kind of from an administrative standpoint taken care of so uh as soon as as soon as the post layoffs came around we were 11 people i'm like okay i'll try this out and and we'll see what happens right yeah my role became like my role became like 20 30 percent finance what i wanted to, i wanted to be like a director of finance i told him like you know now i've moved into controller i you know my i want to be director of finance a year two years whatever right so and i build myself up there you know i was calling farmers 60% of the day doing interviews and, and doing product research with one of my friends. And I'm like, okay, while I don't, you know, while I like the whole startup thing, it's, you know, I, I have a route that I want to go into. And, you know, with a, uh, with a startup that's growing fast, I'm going to be able to do that. And it just wasn't happening. So I'd interview with a couple of companies. I won't, I won't get into it, but I was interviewing with a couple of companies. But thank goodness, this is the power of like your network, right? Believe this or not, I didn't even have to update my resume. Um, when it came to interviewing these people, they knew, like, the people I uh, talked to and interviewed with, yeah. they knew what I did. I was able to go into great detail about projects I've worked on. 
and 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 specific references and so and have a conversation like yeah it's, it's not like you're having to really even prepare that much yeah. obviously you but you know what you've done yeah for so sure. you can just talk about what you've yeah, done yeah yeah which course. is a beautiful thing and i love that no for sure and, yeah. and so the thing is is like it wasn't really none of these were formal interviews even like it was just like uh, an introduction to them where i reached out to somebody i knew yeah. like email introduction like it's crazy this is how things work like email introduction okay next thing you know i'm meeting with the ceo just having a chat and that was it and you know then they I get an offer and so uh you know i got i got three different offers um before rewind but I, but you know like i they didn't feel none of them felt like the perfect right step um and then uh my friend emil uh, CTO at Hopier, uh, Destinables, he was like, oh, yeah, this company, Rewind, have you heard of them? I'm like, yeah, yeah, actually, a couple of people from FarmLead are interviewing there. They're hiring a head of finance. I was like, oh, like, can you can you intro me to the CEO? I checked out the job description. It's like three to five years experience in accounting. We'll take over the books. We'll help us with our Series A investment uh, that we're trying to fundraise, build our dashboards. I'm like reading this up. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is absolutely perfect. This Sounds is exactly right, what I did. right up yeah. the alley. I'm like, holy, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. And it's SaaS. Like, you know, FarmLead was a marketplace. Uber is a marketplace. Like, it was a marketplace business that run differently. SaaS, software as a service, subscription based. That's where I wanted to be. That's the tech that I was really interested in. And and you know, one thing I'm going to say out there is, is is like to me, what became important was I had to knew I had to know exactly what kind of co-founders I was working for. Like that became, that was like the first thing I thought about, like not pay, not, you know, my role yet. Who are the co-founders? What kind of leaders are they? Because I love, you know, I really respect good leadership and I know I'm all in when I know the leaders, I, I can trust them. You know, you, you know, you don't follow a leader, you follow a leader into a dark room because you trust them. Right. That's the whole idea. So love that. Yeah. So, you know, that I checked and the community had only amazing things to say like like people who i used to work with him like oh yeah like you know they're fantastic guys yeah. like oh they love hockey this that i was like oh my god like like glowing reviews from everybody in the community about them like different people in startups and other companies and then i looked at okay the culture well they won best of business uh, uh in terms of culture uh best of business auto awards and i was like okay boom solidified you know small team but growing quickly and then the role completely made sense so when i met with the ceo I was like, this is absolutely where I want to be. And, you know, I'm like, look, like, uh, uh, I'm, I, you know, I, I could stay at Farmlead. I could take the other roles, but I really want to be here. Because he was like, we're interviewing someone else. I'm like, I need to, I need an answer by Friday. Like, I, but I really want to be here. Mm. Um, you know, and I know I bring the exact experience. I can continue my journey of, you know, of where I want to go with this company. It's growing fast, you know, you know, great. Like, it has great financials, it has great team, great leadership. So, you know that's how I came about that. So now six months in, you know I'm loving the company. You know we're we're looking to you know again like raise a round of money soon. Um, you know the team is growing quickly and 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 there's just so much more opportunity for me to grow and learn. I love that about startups. Uh, you know when you, as you go through the different stages. So yeah, that being said, what's what's in the future for me? It's uh, you know I want to be CFO one day. I you know I also do want to run my own want to run my own business one day. I do some things on the side. But that's really it, and and you know this is a company that uh, I feel like will just help me get there. Great leadership. The CEO has all of our best interests in mind. The co-founders do, um, and you know again, it's us at the driver's seat that we drive it. He told me that himself as well. You tell me where you're headed next, right? So I love that man. Yeah. I really love the story. I love the buy-in and getting to see you grow not Thanks, only man, as yeah. just my friend, but professionally and in Appreciate your career. It, yeah. All these things 
tie into what the story is mm-hmm. um from you know trying to experience things with euphoria to the uh professional um Magical, management yeah. consulting uh, all, all these little experiences kind of helped you figure out what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. And one thing I've always found is you have a high level of self-awareness and you are an extremely selfless person. You always want to help people. And that's a quality that you know, I think you should, you should double down on, man, because you're helping other people makes a great impact for yeah. people around you and i i really appreciate that respect about man, you, man i really appreciate that it really means a lot man um we do have to wrap yeah this up. i was gonna say <laughs> I, I could we could go forever i know but, we can you and i uh, we have to do a lightning round before we oh, complete okay. so this wow. lightning round is uh sponsored by uh our the patrons of the podcast yeah. people who are contributing mm-hmm. uh to my patreon page if you want to ask my next guest some questions please consider becoming a patron uh, so the first one is from Erin. She's a good friend of mine, and uh, she's been a supporter since day one. Uh, try to keep these short, but yep. at the same time, I'll keep them short. Answer the question. Uh, one piece of advice for someone who wants to create a solid morning routine, but is struggling to do so consistently. Wow. So, a piece of advice you have to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You. You know. One thing I'll say is you need to take it in small steps, okay? I'll keep this very short. So, for example, when I started going back into the gym, I I not worked out that much in university. I started more in the fourth year. I was like, okay, this week I'm going to work out once, mm. uh, and, and I'm going to go after work. Right. And the next week I'm like, okay, I went, you know, I know I can go after work. I can afford to go after work. I'm going to go three times. The week after, I'm like, okay, this week I'm going to try and go in the morning at least one day, but then I'm still going to go three times. The week after, I'm going to eat a little bit healthier. I'm going to eat a little less, actually. And it was all small steps because guess what? When you try and do three, four workouts in a week and you try and eat healthy and you try and do all these different things at once, you crash you're and you go back. To fail. You're destined exactly. to fail because you're creating too much change mm-hmm. at once and yep. it's too radical. Great Boom. answer. Uh, this next question comes from Reese. He's a buddy of mine from the UK I met while traveling. Great guy. He's probably running right now and listening to this. <laughs> his book, uh, his question is, what book have you read that is a must read no matter what to anybody? Right. Get, not just business, but to anybody. Applies yeah. to anything. Uh, oh, man. You know me, I, I love my business books. That's yeah, the yeah. Thing. No, no, no. Even, but, even business. Even business, but you think yeah. anybody could get value from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for just, sure. Not just people in our, our kind of world. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm just going to give one book. I think this is a must. It's a classic. I bet a lot of people read out there. Shoe, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, founder and CEO of uh, Nike. Must read. A lot of good tidbits in there. It's very anecdotal, but it has a lot of practical stuff as well. Great. You feel really fired up after reading and it. And I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. And, and not really, but like I want you to, um, after, we'll talk about this later, give me like a list of 10 books because you read so many good ones oh, that, I, that I'll link in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Of this podcast I can do that. <laughs> because, I mean, 10 will be easy for you to mm-hmm. come up with. This next question comes from uh, my buddy Nick. A great friend of mine, and uh, he's been supporting the podcast since day one. Shout out to Nick. Um, what would you say to people who are very wary of the cloud? 
the cloud yeah the cloud and and you know you know what <laughs> like like are we talking tech cloud uh, no no you we're talking about yeah like the, the, the oh, clout or was no, it no cloud cloud <laughs> cloud yeah, like okay. like the tech, like uh, storing things online on yeah, yeah, the yeah. cloud. Yeah, well, here yeah, people who are who are a little more skeptical yeah. about that, like, oh, what's gonna happen to my data? What's right, gonna, right. Am I gonna get hacked? And yeah, that kind of thing. Interesting. That's funny. It comes in. Well, you know, I'll say I'll say this. For example, everything rewind backs up. We have customer Shopify data and whatnot. That's all encrypted. Nobody in our company can even see it. Okay. Right. It's encrypted. You, you're not going to be able to see it. Like you can only bring it to a point where. It's you know it's available for the customer and and they can use it but we we can't really see it and the thing is is companies out there are getting exposed for having bad data privacy guess what they can't afford to do it anymore because their stock price crashes <laughs> one PR nightmare yeah. and their their stock crashes yeah. people lose trust in them you lose the trust and confidence uh, you lose the trust and confidence of investors employees and share you know like just in general and your customers like. You're setting yourself up for failure. You you can't. It costs so much uh, for companies to uh, to go through any disaster with data and 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 the cloud. You should, you, as someone who's skeptical of the cloud, you should understand that we're living in a time and age where it's just getting better and better. Security practices, cybersecurity is growing quickly. That industry because companies can't afford to like lose the integrity. Of Once you lose data. that trust, it's yeah, gone. Right. Love it. Next question. This is from uh, our buddy Zach. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Zach. Check out episode two if you want to uh, find out more about what he's up to. Um, his question is: What's the best place to find jobs in your field? Wow. Okay. So uh, I mean, uh, it's funny you say that. I, I like yes, I'm like a finance guy, but uh, I've helped. I have helped like my brothers in marketing. I've helped him. I've helped a lot of my friends in different fields get yep. jobs. The and see, the thing is, is I've always been able to tap into my network, right? Mm. The best place. Here's the thing. If you're, there must be somebody you know. There absolutely must be somebody you know within your primary circle, like within your own first, like people that you actually know and met in school that are doing something cool. Yeah. You should be able to reach out to them and learn about their role. And so this is not just like, a, it's not just like, a, oh, you uh, you're going to look for a job uh, and find something in a week. It's a continuous process. You have yeah. to always be keeping up with different things that are happening in the market, right? Whether that's having a beer with someone yeah. or going for coffee yeah. or reaching out on LinkedIn, for email, sure. stuff like that. Yeah. That's the real networking. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about. For it's, sure. it's not those dumb little events that we had to attend in university yeah, yeah. where you wear a suit mm -hmm. and you're going meeting a bunch Space of executives that was yeah. uh, that's not networking no for sure and and i will i will just say like the the best jobs like you know it's all about timing in this world right like again some of these jobs that i had gotten offers for there wasn't a formal posting right and that's the power of just being in touch with the people in your professional network mm -hmm. that you respect because you know what? Like I had buddies that were in sales. I had buddies that were in other fields than me who helped me find and get familiarized and assimilated with roles that were building up in their companies, right? So Love it, man. This last question is from me. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would be the number one advice you could give a 17-year-old version of yourself right now? Oh, wow. It's funny you ask that because when I came into university, I was 17 years old and there were... There were two. I know you asked for one, but I'm going to say I'm going to no, say go two or three. It. One thing I heard in my first week of school, and it absolutely stuck with me the whole way. 
you never want to be the smartest person in the room Ooh. or else you're hanging around the wrong people. And I was like, oh, my, that changed that changed my perspective completely. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm cutting off dumb people, <laughs> first, first and foremost. Yeah. Second of all, if I'm not learning something new. So the thing is, is it worked hand in hand with the second piece of it is, is like you have to be a sponge. You have to absorb everything. Some of the best leaders out there do as much listening, if not more, than talking. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, okay. So you can just imagine how much ammunition I had by third and fourth year because I was observing, listening, taking everything in, asking the right questions. That's one other thing. Big life tip, big big, uh, big way to get an advantage uh, in interviews and in your workplace is being able to ask the right questions. Right. It's, a, it's actually an art. Um, and the last thing I said, the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll leave, a good piece of advice uh, that I had got is you shouldn't let the voices out there be louder than the one in here. And I say that because it's so easy. You think about athletes, right? You watch a lot of football. You love football. How easy is it to get in people's heads, right? Like how easy is the media and fans? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Right? And so you have to take a step back and remind yourself, like, am I just doing what they want me to, right? Like I would rather myself fail as somebody that I want to be than fail as somebody they wanted me to be, Mm. right? You know what I mean? Because that's me. Love that, man. And that's it. That's that's uh, that's what I can give. Seventeen year old self. That's what I would leave with. That's him. super powerful, bro. I love that advice. Thank you so much for coming on the oh, podcast. Thanks for having me, bro. I w- I'll have you back on again so many times. Oh like, man, this is just the first of many, and I'm sure people gained a lot of value from this. <laughs> I hope so. You, you're honestly, genuinely one of the most interesting people, and I know oh, you're nice, gonna man. crush all your goals and everything. And so super proud of you man oh thanks man keep love you man keep love you too bro keep crushing it and just remember it's not that deep yeah it's not man <laughs> it's not that deep bro oh man thank you so much yeah, man. man honestly and uh, i'll see you next time yeah 100 percent. i really enjoyed that conversation with alaman i got a ton of value from it and i hope you did as well please consider contributing to my patreon page subscribing leaving a rating or just hitting my line and remember it's not that deep